Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Hoover and by my suitcase, trying to find a warm place to spend the night. Seems I hear your voice calling, it's all right A rainy night in Georgia A rainy night in Georgia It seems like it's raining all over the world This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. You know, those of us that remember September 11th, 22 years ago, especially those of us in New York, we often reflect back on every single moment of that day, where we were when we heard the news, where we were when we heard the first rumor, where we were when our mobile phone didn't work and we were trying to get a hold of a loved one. In my case, and in the case of millions of others, one of the voices that helped us get through not only that day, but the ensuing days as a stable presence was seen on the Fox News channel, and he provided a steady hand and a lot of information at a time when there was a lot of misinformation out there. You know, I've been toiling away in the fields of New York radio for some time now, A few people know who I am here in New York, doing very well ratings-wise. But last week, we're airing on uh, WFDF in Detroit for the first time. I don't know anybody in Detroit. No listeners know me. So when I try to reach out to guests in the Michigan area or try to tell listeners about the show, the only explanation that instantly made sense and that instantly resonated with them is, oh, you're on Bill O'Reilly's station. And so I am honored uh, to be on the same station once again in Detroit with the one and only Bill O'Reilly. Easy to see why he's had the kind of success that he's had on cable, in the publishing world, in radio. The guy's a one-man media empire, and his forthcoming book, Killing the Witches, already has a lot of people talking. Bill, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. My pleasure, Frank. Thanks for having me in. Uh, Bill, uh, September 11th, when you're getting the news, you're also human. You're also experiencing the same emotions that any other New Yorker would. How challenging is it to cover an event like that when you're tasked with providing the news, but you're also hearing about all these tragic events as they're happening? It's quite a delicate balancing act, I would think. Yeah, and you made a good point. I mean, 22 years ago uh, today, uh, I was in Nassau County in my living room um preparing to go into new york city to take the factor um and all everybody in the country at that point 
um, understood that there were a few people they could go and watch on television that were going to tell them the truth. The problem with 9-11 was getting the truth. So there were two things, two threads to, to me. I think people in New York and Michigan will identify with both of them. Number one, where I live, an enormous amount of people also live who work in the financial district, which was hit mm-hmm. by those two planes. Okay? So right away, I had personal calls into my house. And people were outside and, well, what the deuce is going on? What do you know, O'Reilly? Because, you know, I'm the guy, the media guy. And the other one was to deal with my staff and to mobilize our coverage. So I actually chartered a boat, Frank, um, to take me from the Long Island Sound into Manhattan because all the bridges and tunnels were shut down by the police, as they should have been. Because nobody knew really what the extent of this was. All right. And I couldn't even get in there on the boat. (laughs) So I had to go to Woodbury, which is uh, further out on Long Island, and I broadcast out of there. But the emotion of the day, and this is what Americans who are younger don't understand, overpowered people because they, my husband or my wife or my children, are they dead? Right. Where are they? Because as you said, the cell phone service was down. You couldn't get word to anybody. So that was number one. And we had to get through the four, first 48 hours. Um, in a, in a, and I, I just remember I had a very good staff, a very disciplined staff, and I, I gave them orders. You do this, you do that, you do this. And everybody carried out what they had to do. Um, on a personal level, I mean, I, I was just under siege. And I, you know, you can't tell people, I don't know. I said, I'll try right. to find out what I can find out. And I got down to nine, to the site of the World Trade Center fairly quickly. And I've got to tell you, boy, I've been in the news business almost 50 years. I mean, there's anything ever like that. I was at the mm-hmm. Berlin Wall when it came down. I never saw anything like that. And the cops were good. They let me in, I, 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 you know, to just take a look around at the unbelievable destruction. Uh, and this is why every anniversary of 9-11 that people should be locked in on this and telling their children and telling younger people, look, this is a, an enormous thing that happened in our history. And so I appreciate you doing the program today. No, I, I appreciate you coming on. Believe me, you know, the last point that you made about how September 11th is supposed to be remembered. I talked a little bit last week about the decision of President Biden to be in Alaska rather than New York or Pennsylvania or uh, Washington, as every president since then, uh, including him, has been. And there was a lot of reaction from the callers and a lot of diversity of opinion as to how September 11th should be memorialized going forward. Do you how do you think it should be memorialized? Should it continue to be a national day of mourning as more and more people come of age who don't remember what happened 22 years ago? Do we need to rethink the approach to how we commemorate September 11th? No, we need to do the same thing we did at Pearl Harbor. Exactly the same. Every year is an anniversary, and we re-explain why this is important to the younger people and re- refresh the memories 
of everyone else. It's exactly the same thing that we do. Mm. And that is very worthy. As far as Biden is concerned, it doesn't matter where he is at this point. It just doesn't. Uh, because this is not a political story anymore. This is a historical story. And people need to know the history of this. And, you know, I'm proud of my country, even though it's uh, not in a good place right now. And what we did uh, after 9-11 in the ensuing uh, 22 years is we wiped out the jihadists pretty much. Had a lot of blood and treasure at our expense. But we did what we had to do with these people. Um, and um, right now it's a safer world because of U.S. power. I think people have to understand that, particularly younger people, that the world is a lot safer now than it was right before 9-11 because the United States used its power to neutralize the bad guys. A lot of people don't understand the, the bad guy thing, Frank. You know what I mean? Yeah, you get into guys. that. Yeah. You get into that in your book, uh, Killing the Killers, which is still available at BillOReilly.com, uh, which people should really check out. Really fascinating look into Afghanistan, Iraq, and uh, a lot of the other uh, battles against terrorism that you may not have heard about or you may not remember. It's a terrific book, and I want to ask you about Killing the Witches in a second. But in the months after September 11th, 2001, there were a flood of donations, first blood donations and then financial donations that fled – that. Uh, led to the American Red Cross, and you were really the first one, and I think you got wide, widely praised across the board for exposing that the Red Cross was sort of hoarding these donations and not getting the money and uh, the resources to where they were telling people that it was going. Uh, Red Cross has been criticized after uh, September 11th, after Hurricane Sandy. Now even uh, there's a big controversy after the Maui wildfires. Do you think the Red Cross has sort of gotten its act together in the last 22 years? It wasn't the Red Cross so much. They were involved. It was the United Way. But what happened was, and this was the worst part of the 9-11 story for me, they had a giant telethon on television. I was a part of the telethon. They had every movie star. George Clooney was the driver of it. Okay, They called me. I appeared. It raised hundreds of millions of dollars for the families affected who lost people on 9-11 or who had people severely injured. Three months later, the families started to call me saying, when are we going to get some financial relief? We haven't seen a nickel. And the United Way was the main charitable agency that was supposed to distribute the money. So I called the United Way and I got a bunch of gibberish. Hmm. Now, here's where the story turns. So I called Clooney and uh, a lot of the other Hollywood stars, and I go, you got to join with me and demand that the United Way start distributing this money. They would not. They would not do it. And so I just lambasted them on the air. I just crippled them, hmm. uh, led by Clooney. And, and I'm proud I did it. Because I did it, I got, you know, all kinds of grief directed at me, but that's fine. I'm used to that. All right? But it was righted. The campaign was so outrageous, and everybody in the country knew it, that United Way was forced to start distributing the money. Now, the Red Cross was involved to some extent, 
And we came down on the Red Cross because what their strategy was, we'll give half the money out now, but we'll save half the money for later. I said, no, that wasn't what the telethon was about. Right. All right. So your final question, has the Red Cross gotten it together? I would say yes. I don't have any compunctions about giving money to the Red Cross. The United Way, interestingly enough, is pretty much faded. And this crippled them. Um, I haven't heard about the United Way in years. I guess it's N- neither have I. Probably, probably since 2001. Um, years ago, while Trump was president, you kind of predicted that he had killed cable news and that cable news was never going to be the same. Obviously, you've moved on to bigger and better things. You're uh, building an empire. You're still seen on uh, on television, but heard on radio, short form commentary, long form shows, and a lot of other broadcasters of varying political stripes and non-political broadcasters have followed your lead. Friday, I tried to watch Jeopardy on uh, ABC7. Couldn't do it because of the dispute between uh, Charter and Disney. Tonight, anybody that's going to try and watch the Jets play the Bills on ESPN, they better hope they don't have Charter. Charter, in their meeting last week, said essentially the same thing that you had said, that the conventional model of cable is dead and will never, ever see the likes of those days again. What do you see as the future of media going forward, Bill, whether it involves cable or this on-demand broadcasting or really anything at all? Does cable still have a future? Well, it'll make money. So the best I can tell you, or the analogy I can make is um, about 35 years ago, I anchored a program called Inside Edition, which is still on the air. And I did it for six years, and it was a monster hit. Made King World, the distributor of it, hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, nobody even knows what Inside Edition is, but it's still there. It still makes a little bit of money. That's what's going to happen to cable news. It's a decline, and you can see it because I get the ratings every day for cable news. Because I compete against cable news. BillOReilly.com, our independent news agency, directly competes against not only cable, but network news. We're trying to tell people, look, you're not getting the truth, and you're not. From cable news or network news, I'll tell you the truth. And I will. And that has made our operation very prosperous. The other operations are in decline because the companies that own them know the audience is shrinking. The ad revenue is shrinking. Everything's shrinking. So they're cutting and firing and cut, uh, downsizing. So the product's not nearly as vibrant as it used to be. Everybody, if you just if you remember the coverage on 9-11 22 years ago and compare it to the coverage today, you can see the unbelievable difference in, in talent and in, oh, yeah. in resources and everything. So it'll be around. People will be able to watch the CBS Evening News, but it doesn't really matter anymore because the right. numbers are so small about people watching these programs. If a cable news program does 2 million viewers in prime time, that's like big. That's a big night. I used to do 6 million, Frank. It's uh, it's hard to fathom. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt. 
causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's hard to hard to believe. Certainly, definitely a new era. Talking with Bill O'Reilly, his book out in a couple of weeks is Killing the Witches, the latest in uh, the Killing series, which is the best-selling nonfiction history book series of all time. Uh, Bill, one of the things that you've been praised for with these uh, Killing books is that you always find a new angle on historical events that have been studied again and again, whether it's Patton, whether it's the Kennedy assassination, even the death of Jesus. You always find something that uh, people didn't know. We've talked about the comparison to the modern media landscape and the modern electronic witch trials that we're seeing today. From a historical perspective, if people order killing the witches, what are they going to learn about the Salem witch trials that's new? Well, you're going to... What happened in Salem was that religion killed 20 human beings. We want to boil it all down. And it was horrific. Um, and people don't know how bad it was. We begin the book on the Mayflower. We put you on the Mayflower for the voyage, 66-day voyage, over to Massachusetts. And that is harrowing. And you never heard about what really went on on that boat. Um, and then we take you into uh, the Massachusetts Bay Colony and people moving to various places for various reasons. And then Salem became the religious fanaticism of all time. So that's the first third of the book. Then we get into Benjamin Franklin was a boy in Boston watching all this Salem crazy stuff. All right. Um, The legacy of it. And he actually visited the top witch hunter, a guy named Cotton Mather. Benjamin Franklin, who was a genius, actually visited him. And Franklin took that sensibility about what happened, the murders that happened, into the Continental Congress. And that's why we have freedom of religion today in America. People don't know that. And then the last third of the book is demonic possession today. Mm. And we get into the real case, what really happened in the Exorcist movie. That, to me, is, is when you read this, you're going to be stunned. And we got all of the primary source material on the kid who was possessed and then what happened in the filming of the movie. So it's one of those books where every page you're going to go, whoa, (laughs) you know, but it's actually three books in one. I, I, I'm looking forward to checking it out. People can get it at uh, BillOReilly.com. You know, speaking of exorcism, I've seen your interviews with uh, William Friedkin, who directed The Exorcist, and uh, really interesting stuff, really makes you scratch your head, stand up and take notice. Obviously, we lost William Friedkin recently, directed not only The Exorcist, but another one of the greatest uh, movies of all time, The French Connection. But to be clear, based on your research, 
the idea of exorcism, the practice of de demonic possession and its re relation to exorcism, that's real. That's not science fiction. That's not fiction. That's real. It's real, but it's bogus in most cases. So in most cases, the alleged demonic possession is just mental disturbance, but not in this case that we zero in on, which is why we took the time to trace this boy who was possessed. And a boy, when you see the evidence that I compile, and we trace him all through his life. What happened to him after the exorcist came in, there were eight of them, all right? And then right to his, his death. And, and nobody's ever done that. So um, you, the reader, will make up your own mind. But I can tell you that every word in that book is true. So there you I, go. Yeah. Now, uh, Killing the Witches, BillOReilly.com. Hey, uh, Bill, I know you're doing a, a series of upcoming shows, or at least one big upcoming show out on Long Island with uh, my friend and colleague, Sid Rosenberg. Rumor has it he has a stipulation that you have to be as tan as he is for that particular performance. Is that a fact? You know, I don't know exactly <laughs> what Sid has going on as far as skin pigmentation. <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, a Mediterranean guy like you are, you know, you, but me, the whitest guy in the planet from County Cabin, Ireland, you know, I don't think I could ever match it, but it's going to be a great show in New York state of mind. We're going to talk about our upbringings and what happened to New York state and city. Uh, Huntington on um, October 27th, Friday, that kicks off Halloween weekend. Perfect. Going to be a lot of fun, and we hope people check it out. Ticketmaster, BillOReilly.com, the Paramount Theater in Huntington. And I hope you can go, Frank. I hope you can be oh, there. Oh, I'm going to be there. I would not miss That's that one. I would not miss that one. Bill O'Reilly, you're very generous uh, to be so uh, so kind with your time, and especially on such a, a day where I know everybody's talking at you. Thank you very much. Sure. And I want to say hello to all our new friends in Michigan. And we're very happy you are listening and you're going to grow to love Frank. He's the, uh, he's the man overnight in New York. I appreciate that endorsement. But believe me, we're going to run that as a promo on WFDF all day long. Bill O'Reilly, if you want to comment on uh, any portion of our conversation, you can give me a call. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Go to BillOReilly.com. You can check out that show on October 27th. And you can pre-order Killing the Witches. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all-natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.